0: Welcome back to the Joe Cozo Show. We have lots to talk about. I got something going. I got something cooking here. This is the big leagues. It's New York. I said I was in the worst neighborhood, man. I said I had a near-death experience. Crazy? Robert. If you've been through
1: what I've been through in the past month, you'd be crazy too.
0: Well, we back to the Joe Cozo Show, April 6th. Holy shit, man, we are. I haven't done a show in a long time, but it's great to be back on the mic. So you're probably asking yourself, well, where's the show been? What has he been doing? And I've been going through it. I gotta be honest with you. You know, when I first started this show, it was a show about nothing and everything. Absolutely nothing and everything. And I talk about a large variety of topics, Right. I'd have hookers come on the show. I'm doing prank calls. I have racist James. This guy comes in. He's just a racist guy in the world. It was similar to a Howard Stern type show, right? But Howard Stern now is the worst because he's so Democrat and he's so political and he's so whatever. And I can't stand it. I couldn't stand listening to it. And that's exactly what happened to me then. But I was more on the conservative side. And it all started with Donald Trump. Because once Donald Trump became president or actually running for president, there wasn't really anything else to talk about. That's what everyone was talking about, was Donald Trump, he's actually running. And then it was like, he's never going to do it, right? And you were just covering it, I was covering it on my show, covering you know, his press conferences. And you start thinking to yourself, you know, is this guy really going to win? And then he wins the Republican uh, ticket. Now he's up against Hillary. And then the next thing you know, he's president of the United States. And really what we saw is how corrupt the United States is, how corrupt the Democratic Party is, how inept the Republican Party is and corruption is just all over the place in the United States. And then the show went from a comedy show about absolutely nothing and everything to a political show trashing Democrats and defending Donald Trump. And that's all I was doing. That's it. That's the whole show turned into that and then of course the show gets picked up by right side broadcasting so now I'm sitting there saying to myself well you better now you gotta produce now you gotta bring it now you gotta really forget about the comedy now it's all politics all day long and I have to tell you I I was miserable absolutely miserable because I'm waking up every day right and I'm getting notifications on my phone. Oh, my God, I can't believe Biden's doing this. Oh, they're coming after Trump even more. Oh, man, you know, we lost the election. Whatever, whatever it could be. Russiagate, Ukraine phone, what, whatever. Tacking him on COVID, all of it. And I was just getting, I was just waking up and I was like a robot. I got the notifications. I come to the studio, I'm prepping for the show. I'm on Twitter, I'm trying to get the worst things I possibly can to bash Joe Biden. I'm defending Donald Trump, whatever it may be. And I'm like, this is not the life that I wanted to live. This is not the show that I wanted to do. This has nothing to do with any of it. I was so happy talking about sex so happy talking about my day and what i was doing so happy talking about motivational things getting people excited about themselves you know and and motivating people to get up every day and do something and it just turned into this total political mayhem type show and i can't do it i couldn't do it you know you wake up and you start taking things personally with these politics and politics is so dirty and i'm talking both sides forget about democrats forget about republicans i Honestly, I honestly think Democrats are the devil and they they hate blacks and they hate this country and they'll use anything they can to get the votes. I honestly think that and what happened throughout this whole process and what Donald Trump has actually exposed was it's not just Democrats, politicians. It's the big tech oligarchs that are also involved and want to just keep this power. And you can see what's going on with the censorship. You saw what they did with Twitter. You saw what they did say, on Twitter, on YouTube, especially with COVID, especially with Donald Trump. And I'm saying to myself, you know, all I'm doing is just talking negative. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. I had to reinvent myself. You know, one of the other things that I've realized throughout this whole process, especially since COVID hit, and I just can't shake it is how fat I got. You know, I'm just eating, I'm smoking pot, I'm eating bad, you know, let's, you know, take for example, this, this is what I really noticed it. And it was just last weekend, when I really noticed what was happening in my life. So I go down with my girlfriend, we go down to see our daughter um, in Alabama, University of Alabama. And you know, I'm videotaping out, I don't care. I love being in front of the camera, but usually it's me taking pictures of things. I'm really not in the camera, but now my daughter, she is huge into trying to be this influencer on TikTok and, you know, she's doing great on Instagram and she's doing a lot of the videos. Well, I don't even realize she's taking videos of me while I'm doing things. And then what she's doing is she's putting it on the group text with me and my girlfriend, Red, And I start seeing pictures and videos of myself. And I'm like, you fat fuck. Look at you, Face is all bloated. I got love handles on my sides, double chin on some of the pictures. I'm like, what are you doing? And it doesn't help that as soon as we get there, one of the guys at the frat house tells me that you can get these Delta 8 pens down the block at the gas station on the strip in University of Alabama right there. So we go down there. We get these Delta Eight pens, Delta Eight gummies, and next thing you know, I'm tripping my face off walking around the University of Alabama. And what do you do when you're tripping out? You eat. What else do you do? You drink. We're going bar hopping, right? At this place called Beef Fills, and in the world of burger, and every single bar on the strip of the University of Alabama, we go in, we get an appetizer, we order a shot, on to the next one. I'm eating. Non stop cheese bites, wings, mozzarella sticks, whatever you could possibly think of. Then for breakfast, pancakes, waffles, BLTs, extra side of bacon, biscuits, grits. Make sure you put the cheese on the grits. Gotta have the cheese on the grits as well. And my diet, gone. See you later. I'm fatter than I've ever been. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so miserable about it, but I'm really trying now and I really found myself and that's the end of it. I said, listen, forget about all this BS that you're doing. Okay. Enjoy your life. Get back on your diet. Start doing the show like it originally was. You know, I wasn't even cursing anymore. And I'm not saying that, that that's what you have to do when you do a podcast, you know, but you know what it was? I wasn't being myself. I curse. I like to say shit. I like to say fuck. I like to say whatever it is that I like to say. However, I like to talk. But I was trying to get into this, this, I don't even know. I was being a person that was unhappy and I wasn't being myself. And it was just draining me. And again, because of this politics You know, you love this country. I mean, I have the flag. I have a basically red, white and blue shirt that I didn't even intend to do. I didn't even realize that I'd be talking like this and wearing it and talking about how I don't want to do politics, but yet I got a flag behind me in a red, white and blue shirt. But I love this country and I've always loved this this country. But I'm not going to change what's happening here. I have to live my life and that's how you should be living your life. Every day, wake up and try to make it the best day possible. And here's the other thing, too health, right? I'm eating like shit all the time, and it's just a matter of time I know before I feel something that's gonna hurt me. And then what am I gonna do? I'm gonna be looking it up on Google, on WebMD, and I'm gonna think that I have a tumor. I'm gonna think that I have some type of thing that's wrong with me. I'm gonna have to go to the doctor, which I don't like doing at all, right? I, I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not the doctor guy. I'm the self-diagnosis guy who thinks then they have something until it doesn't, the pain goes away, which could take a week, two, three weeks later. Think that I'm dying of something, that I got cancer. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess of my life. But i getting it back. We're getting it back. We're going to have some fun times here. We're going to be doing a lot of things. You know, while I was at the University of Alabama, too, I really, you know, you realize, first of all, there's so many beautiful girls. But the thing is, is what happened. My daughter's now in her fourth year. When I first was starting to go there, there was girls that were older than her. So you see the older girls and it doesn't look the same. It's like, oh, my daughter's still young, whatever, and these girls are hot. They're a little bit older. But now my daughter's a senior. She's about to graduate in a month. So a majority of the girls are younger than her, smaller than her, right? They're basically teenagers now. Now you look at them differently and it's like, it's over, it's over. I'm 48 years old. What am I even doing? What am I even talking about, right? I'm at these parties, I'm at these frat houses, but I'm having a good time. And I loved it. Here, watch this. This is a video. So I see. So we're walking and we got the pen. We're doing shots and we pass this frat house and we see them out on the front lawn and they're drinking, they're having drinking games and everything. So I said, let me see who's the best drinker right out of the group and who can shotgun beer the fastest three beers the fastest, I'll give the winner 50 bucks. Alright, so here is the first part of that video. Again, this is a frat house at the University of Alabama. I don't know these people at all. I'm with my daughter and my girl Red. And again, the the game was who could shotgun three beers, the fastest for 50 bucks, whoever gets it, I give them $50 cash again, never seen these kids in my life. Here's the first part of the video. You think you're gonna win? I hope so. All right, what about you? I hope. I'm what gonna you win. Think? I'll, What's win. Your I'll, your I'll win. What's
1: your Josh. name? What's your IG? Give me your IG. <laughs> Joshua Madokorak. Joshua. Yeah. Joshua What about you? Big thick gangster 23. Ah, who's gonna win here? Who's gonna win? What do we got, got, got? Money on Yesh. Yeah. All right, all right. Here's the. This is the. This, this is the. This is the heavyweight right here. On three. You ready? Everybody together. Three, two, two one. Two come on come on get it up! oh shit let's fucking go let's fucking go come on let's go let's go oh, oh, oh. let's fucking go let's fucking go Oh, no. oh, Who? Josh had more beer, left. Josh had more had beer. Left. one more one more one more one more one
0: more, one more. <laughs> I love it. I, I gotta tell you I could I could do that all day long just MCing getting these kids to drink and have a good time everybody's loving it so now here's the thing so that's the first part of the video And you couldn't really tell who won, because it looked like somebody stopped drinking first, but the other person threw down the beer. Then the person that stopped drinking first actually still had a little bit of beer left in their uh, their can. So the guy that was on the left, right, he starts taking off. But now we still don't know the winner, so we were gonna do it again. I said, okay, get more beer and let's do it again. But that kid on the left, he starts taking off to the bushes near the front of the house. So I want I have to now go get him to come back to see who the winner is going to be. Here is the second part of the video the kids by the bushes. He's got his finger down his throat trying to puke. Oh, it's disgusting. Here watch this part.
1: Where are we? Where are we? Where's the other guy? We're done? Oh, <laughs> uh, he's done. He's, happy he's, happy out. he's, out. Second, he's, he's out. He's oh, out. He's, he's out. Get him. Get him. Get him. Get him. What's going on, bro? What the fuck's going on over here, bro? Come on, I got money on you! I'm your boy! Come on, one more! One more! I got the money on you! Oh, he's putting his finger in his mouth! <laughs> alright, alright, alright. Alright, here we go. You guys all ready? Are we all ready? Now wait a second. Everybody had the champ. Hook line and sinkers. Everybody changing their minds? Everybody changing? You think he's got it now? Alright, alright. Everybody together, ready? Three, two, one! Here we go, here we go!
0: Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on! Come
1: on. Oh, what the fuck was that? And <laughs> hey, we got the winner! We got the winner right here,
0: baby! That <laughs> uh, was, was good times, I gotta tell you. That was some good times right there. I gave them both 50 bucks each. I felt bad for that kid that was throwing up. There was no way that I was able to not give him any money. And think about this. Six beers in a matter of, I don't know, five minutes? I'd be done. But let alone, I'm already doing what? I did probably five shots by then. Like I said, smoking that stupid vape pen, which I can't stand. I'm never smoking this Delta 8 stuff again because it actually tears up my throat. I hate it. And I can't believe that this Delta 8 is just, you could sell it right on the street there. I mean, it's legal in these stores. I, I don't understand how is that legal, but you can't buy pot? I can't believe, I can't think that the Delta 8 is more healthy than regular marijuana. Makes no sense. And all these kids, they're all walking around. You see them, they're all like this. And they're all smoking Delta Eight. How do you doing it? I, I don't understand. Did I say Delta? Delta. D E L T A. All right, so listen. So that was my trip there, right, in Alabama, the week before we went to North Carolina. I ate like a Gavon there too. Can't believe, I was stuffing my face. We were going to see if we might move to North Carolina this weekend coming up, this Friday, we're going to West Palm in Florida, and then we're going to drive to Naples as well. And we're going to see if we're going to move down there, because I have to get out of here in New York. New York here is the pits. Can't stand it. All right, again, not trying to get too political here. But you know, the Democrats just ruined this, this state. And I don't even I, you can't even talk see, that was another thing too. why I have to get away from politics as much as I was is because You're never going to win. You can't reason with these Democrats. That's why the country's falling apart, right? Because there's no middle ground, right? That's what's taking place with the censorship, right? So that's what's going on, you know, and I'll explain it really quick about canceled culture. Before this whole canceled culture, before all of what was going on on Twitter, when they were censoring Hunter Biden's laptop and what they're doing to Donald Trump, you have two people with differences, you know, a difference of opinion, which is great. It's healthy. That's how you have progress. One person has their sides of opinion. The other person has theirs. They think they're right. They think they're right. And there's got to be some type of middle ground, right? Well, if there's not middle ground, that's fine too. It's just two differences of opinion. But what cancel culture has done is, and what the woke mob has done, and they're all Democrats, of of course, is they say that the conservative side is just completely wrong. And instead of just saying and leaving it at that, that you're wrong, well, then they cancel the person out. So now all you have is the one side, their side speaking. And after a while, that's all people hear. And after a while, when you, that's all you're hearing, well, you start thinking that that is the truth because there's not a different side. And that's what the whole canceled culture is. Oh, you're not saying what we're saying, well, that's the freedom of speech thing. That's gone. We're going to cancel you. We're going to shut you off. And then you're done. And then you don't have a mouthpiece. You don't have a voice. And that's, you know, that's basically what's going on here in this country. The country's trash. Say whatever you want. And it's not, it's just, it's not just Democrats. Republicans, it's just as bad as too. So now, one of the things that I do, too, is I'm all over TikTok. I know you're like, oh, this is a Chinese thing. Well, I'm all over Reels too. The only reason why I'm not on Reels as much is because Reels is only one minute. They gotta make Reels three minutes long. Right? They got it. they gotta do something, they gotta extend it a little bit. And Facebook's just as bad. Look what they did with the election. Do you see this all this election fraud that they were doing? How Mark Zuckerberg gave Um, hundreds of millions of dollars to the Democratic Party so they could change all the votes in Wisconsin. It's a mess. Okay, I don't see this is what happens. I I can't even do it. I gotta get out of it. So anyway, I'm on TikTok. I met not that I met. I found this guy. And I'm sure if you're on TikTok, you may know who I'm talking about. He's a rapper. He's white. His name is Harry Mack. And this guy is the best. He's the best rapper that I've ever seen in my life. And I'm gonna to explain to you why. Because he walks around, say, Venice Beach in California or whatever he wherever he is, and he has a little speaker, right? A little beats or JBL, whatever the hell he is, and he's got his iPhone, and he asks people in a group of people that are standing there and says, Can you give me, you know, some words and I'll rap. Just give me some words, like yellow or bumblebee or wood, whatever it is. And then he starts freestyling to the beat. And then he'll, cert, you know, as he's going along, he incorporates this, the words that the people said into the rap. It's so genius. This guy's got such a following now. I've been following him for a while. That he's actually doing tours. Right? He's, he's so selling out cities, concerts, that people now, that when they're watching, they write down on a piece of paper and then they submit it. And then he takes it, and then he raps, just like he would be doing on the street. Here, watch this. Th- the word that he gets is penguin. Right? So, th- he's not, it's not rehearsed. It's not memorized. It's all off the cuff. And it's so genius. How this guy's not signed, I don't even know if he is or he's not. I want to sign this guy. But here's Harry Mack. And again, the word is penguin. We'll play like around 30 or something seconds of it. And again, this is a concert that he's doing. And watch how marvelous, watch how genius Harry Mack is. Here we go. Penguin
1: learns to fly. Let's get it. Uh. Hell yeah. Uh. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hanging out here in the snow. Every day in my kingdom. Fuck it, I do not feel cold. I, I am a penguin. Maybe one day, maybe one day, if I try, flapping my wings, flapping my wings, until I fly. Let's go out in the snow. Uh, yeah. All of my kingdom. Uh. I am not cold. Uh, come on. I am a penguin. Hey. Maybe one day, maybe one day, if I just try, I'ma keep flapping my wings. What I'ma do, bitch? I'ma. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Everyone loving my sound. When the fuck am I a bird if I just walk on the ground?
0: It's amazing. You have to follow this guy on TikTok. I, he does it like I, I guess every single day. He just walks out onto the beach or walks in the mall and just picks up people, random people. He was in Nashville the other day, just going on the streets of Nashville. People would say, "Oh, you're Harry Back. You're this," and then giving just giving him words, and he just freestyles. Guy is completely genius. Speaking of rappers. So here's another thing that's, you know, I I couldn't believe it. That's changed my life. I I could not believe it because I kept browsing past it on Netflix. It's a documentary and I kept seeing it. I'm like, I'm not watching that. I'm not into rap anymore like that. I'm not watching this. I'm not doing it. The guy's a banana, I think, as well. And I keep passing it over, passing it over, passing it over. Well, the other night I was in bed and I'm like, you know what? Let me, let me just watch. Let me, I'll put it on for couple of minutes red snoring away I was trying to have sex with her she's sleeping so that wasn't gonna work now I'm sitting there right I'm like what am I gonna do I can go in the bathroom and beat off or I could stay here and try to watch a little something and whatever yeah I know so I put it on and it's the documentary of Kanye West and I have to tell you it is absolutely amazing And it's not just that it's amazing because of what the documentary is about. It's getting to know Kanye West and where he started to where he is now is unbelievable. And I'll tell you something. I have this, well, it's a mixed bag because I have this new respect for Kanye West coming from humbling beginnings in Chicago. Chai Town is what he calls it with his mother living basically in some crappy house, right? No money, no father present at all. He has nothing. He's just making beats, just producer, trying to make beats for other rappers, trying to make ends meet. And he then gets, you know, he tries to start circulating his tapes, circulating his music. He wants to be a rapper, Def Jams disses him, Rockefeller Records disses him, Raucous Records, this is him. all the labels. They start dissing him. Finally, he gets signed by. Um, what is it? Rockefeller Records. Right. With, you know, Jay-Z's label there. The guy's name is Dash, something Dash. And they put him on the burner. Right. Even though they sign him, they won't give him any release date for any of his albums. They send him out to California. And that's when you really see what hard work is. This guy is self-made Kanye West he is going door-to-door he is asking begging other rappers rappers and artists for studio time he's investing all his money into his lyrics into his music and you see how he's hustling how he's every single day grinding and I have to tell you it was one of the other reasons what made me say what are you doing look at this guy Look at this guy. you're sitting here walking around with vape pens and doing nothing. eating like a fat bastard. okay? You haven't done a show in a month because you're trying to find yourself. Meanwhile, this guy's grinding it out and now he's a billionaire. Well a million, whatever he is. I know he bought 700 acres in Montana. Imagine having 700 acres? A ranch like that. never work again? I just, I have dogs, I have a horse, like Yellowstone. Goodbye. See you later. Kanye West. But then as you start seeing him, as he starts getting successful, you know, I didn't even realize that after he got into the accident, that song, Through the Wire, was because of the wires that he had his jaw shut when he broke his jaw in that accident. I had no idea. Genius. And you know when that song first comes out and you start seeing other rappers hear it for the first time because he's trying to sell it. He's trying to tell people and convince people that he could actually rap and he's not just a beats guy. And you see them like Pharrell. You see Jamie Foxx. You see these people hear it for the first time and you're like, oh my God, this is a lock of a hit. But yet Rockefeller Records still wouldn't do it. So what'd they do? They made their own video through the wire had his own release party and you can just see how confident this guy is see that's the thing too and this is a lesson for myself this is a lesson for anyone that watches this if you want to be successful the first thing that you have to do or two things one you have to be confident in yourself in your ability and two you can't give a fuck what anybody else thinks and that's those two things are the two main ingredients of Kanye West and his success you see him, people are like, oh, let me hear you spit a rhyme. And I'd be like, oh, man, this this would make, I have anxiety. This would make me real nervous if all of a sudden somebody said spit a rhyme right here, right now. I remember when I was acting and I was going on auditions and they're like, well, let me see you do a little improv of, you know, like uh, lines and this and that. And right away, the anxiety right through the roof. I do it, but I know how nervous I am. I don't know if Kanye's nervous, but just like this. Spitting lyrics, rhyming, rapping, telling people he's the best. You got to listen to him. He's not just a producer. I mean, the whole thing is shot on a camcorder. It's, it's unbelievable. But now I said it's a mixed bag when I first started you know, talking about it. You know, the plus side, the good side, the positive side is his confidence, the grind. You're seeing how he comes from nowhere and he is a self-made millionaire, period, bottom line but then you see as it goes on and once he starts getting the success, how arrogant he is, and then you could start seeing why people actually don't like Kanye West. Now you could hate him, but you have to respect him, okay? Here is part of, here's a clip of the documentary, so I'll play it for you right now. This is, um, this is the beginning of the trailer from Netflix. Again, it's on Netflix, so you know, shout out to them. And the guy that's making it, I forgot his name that's on here, that's doing the camcorder. Pookie or Mookie or something, oh, Cootie, 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 and another guy, right? They own the rights to this. They sold it. Netflix bought this documentary for thirty million dollars. This guy started recording Kanye West back in like 1996. It's it's out of, out of control. Thirty million for walking around just taping, videotaping. He didn't do it. He only did his videotape. He had vision. That's what he had. He had vision. Here's part of that uh, documentary. Here's the uh, trailer. The intro to the trailer.
1: Hey, Kaya, how would you uh, describe your album? Man, I feel like it's a breath of fresh air. Then we got my man Kaya. Tracks, man. Man, hold on. Well, I first put the camera on this up and coming producer back in '98. South Town made it down here, boy. I knew he was destined for greatness. This is right here.
0: He shot all the footage. I mean, again, that's just for thirty seconds of it, but check it out. If you want to be motivated, if you want, you know, if you're down right now and you're sitting there saying to yourself, "I don't have confidence in myself," or "I can't figure out what to do," honestly, watch this documentary on Netflix, and you—it's it, it, just—it's intoxicating and you have no choice but for Kanye to rub off on you and say, if this guy is out there and he's getting slayed every single day, dissed every single day, week after week, night after night, month after month, no, 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 yet he still gets up and he still does it, it's amazing. It really is, it's definitely worth watching. It's changed my life. Kanye West, and I was browsing past it for the past maybe month or so. It's like, I'm never watching Kanye West. I got no, no, no desire. And now Kanye West has changed my life. Now talking about confidence here, you know, I'm reading a book. I just want to read something to you and maybe it'll help you out. But it's so genius what this guy says, because after I was reading it and you really think about what this guy's saying, and the book is called Falling into Grace by Adashanti.? Right. Again, Falling into Grace by Adia Shanti. Now, and it's about why the the excerpt that I'm going to be talking about right now reading to you is it's about why humans, adults, suffer. Adults, not kids. And he makes that distinction in this book. The book is actually brilliant. I'm not done with it yet, though. Here is part of what he says. Why adults suffer. He says, adults believe what they think. So think about that for a second. Adults believe what they think what they think. That's why they suffer. That's why they get into conflict. That's why they behave strangely in ways I don't understand because they actually believe in the thoughts in their head. Like, wait a second, what do you mean believe the thoughts in their head? So he goes on to say, what I realized was that adults spent a lot of time thinking and more important than that, and more odd, it seemed to me, they actually believed what they are thinking. They believed the thoughts in their head. And you're saying to yourself right now, well, Joe, so what? Of course. They're my thoughts. Of course I believe my thoughts. Not so fast. He goes on to say, when we read a book, which is nothing but the recording of someone else's thoughts, we take them or leave them for what they are. Right? Oh, that's his opinion. Fine. Doesn't mean it's reality. Right? But why is it that when we are so prone to grasp at the thoughts that occur within our own mind, to hold on to them and become identified with them, we don't seem to be able to put them down even when they cause us great pain and suffering. So what does he mean by this? It's simple. Just because you have thoughts in your mind doesn't mean that they're, re- they're real. Just because what you're thinking in your head isn't really even reality, it's just thoughts. It's not truth, but yet we hold on to our thoughts as if they are real, and that's why we suffer. For example, someone's opinion of us. Well, we sit here and say to ourselves, well, this person really doesn't like me. Is there something, why wasn't this person liking me? Is it the way I talk? Is it the way I look? Is it the way I smell? Is it because I have no hair? Is it because I wear glass? Whatever it may be. And those thoughts that we are starting to accumulate in our minds, we then think that they're true. When that person may not be thinking any of those things, but because we are thinking it in our own mind, we make it so it's true. And then that's why we suffer. We don't take it for what it is. We don't take it or leave it like when we're reading somebody else's thoughts in a book just an opinion. No, because it's our own. We adopt it as the truth. And it's not. And that's why we suffer. And you have to figure out the distinction on why we're doing that, and how not to do it. And that's how you could end self suffering. It's really amazing. I don't even know if I've done it even justice. Before I move on here. Let's talk about mypillow.com. I mean, he's back. All right, I gotta make some money here. My pillow helps pay the bills here. So if you can, go over to mypillow.com. You punch in promo code TJCS. I mean, they wrote us an email saying, what's going on? You know, no money coming in. Well, I haven't done a show. I was fighting myself. Kanye West help me. University of Alabama help me. Jesus. Ashanti helped me. Whatever this guy's name is. What is it? I'll put it up on the thing. Ashanti. Ashanti. A-D-Y-A-S-H-A-A-N-T-I one A there. Anyway, mypillow.com, go there, promo code TJCS, you get up to 66% off on all the items, bathroom robes, towels, you name it, you know, you know the deal, slippers, blankets, throw towels, pillows, mattresses. Again, you use promo code TJCS, you get up to 66% off. This is all we do. We buy this stuff. We don't go to Target anymore and buy towels. We don't don't go to Macy's and buy towels or Bed Bath & Beyond and buy towels. No, we go to MyPillow. I don't go to Bloomingdale's to buy a robe. I buy it from MyPillow.com. And again, up to 66% off. Now, we were talking about Kanye West. I just want to give you the flip side. We're talking about how poor he was. And then all of a sudden, this takes place. And this is back in 2005. I just want to play this for you because, you know, seeing the guy suffer the way he did and coming up and having nothing. And then to cap it off and seeing this, you sit there and say, how did he do it? And it's all hard work.
1: I know every I know. Everybody asked me the question. They wanted to know what kind I knew he's gonna wow out and he's gonna do some crazy. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win.
0: I guess we'll never know. You know, and the reason why I played that is because you see the climax of the, you know, when you watch this documentary, you see, like you said, his humble, humble beginnings and how broke he is. He's walking around the street. He has no money. He wants to go buy something. The guy's like, it's $10, like $10. Now the guy has hundreds of millions of dollars and it's all because he never gave up. So many people kept saying no to him and it really is something else. It really is. And I sit here and I say to you, if you have any type of dreams, any type of ambition, don't quit, keep going. It's, you know, and he says it too, which was amazing when you watch it, he says, I know I'm not the talent, most talented rapper. He goes, I know I'm not, you know, the best lyricist, but I do know that I'll work harder than anyone. You put me in a room with Jay-Z, Eminem, and the best rappers, I might not be the best rapper now, But I'll study them, and then I'll become the best rapper. And you sit there and say to yourself, yes, that's right. The work, the work that you put in. You know, I'm gonna ask you a question here. It's a rhetorical question, obviously, but try to, you know, answer it. What is the most wealthiest place on the planet? Think about that. This is from, I got this from Les Brown. What is the wealthiest place on the planet? Did you guess? It's not Walmart. It's not Amazon. It's not IKEA. It's not Facebook. It's not the Google, you know, headquarters. You know where the wealthiest places on the planet. It's the graveyard. The graveyard is the most wealthiest place. There's so many dreams. There's so many books that were not written, as Les Brown says. There's so many, you know, wealthy people that just didn't know what to do with their money and just blew it and died, just, you know, like they like like they say, doesn't matter how much money you have because you can't take it with you once you die, right? Really think about that, though, for a second. Think about where all of those dreams that died in that graveyard. Think about all of those people that How we're sitting here saying, you know, you have to go out there and actually do something with your life. You have to work hard. And the biggest reason why all of those dreams died in that graveyard and all of that money was buried with them is out of fear. Fear, in my opinion, and I deal with it, I'm sure you do too. Fear is the biggest obstacle. It's a dream killer. And when you watch again, and I'm I'm saying it again, you watch that documentary, one of the things that you realize that is absent, well, actually two things, to be honest with you, and it's really intriguing, the second one I'm about to say. The first one is fear. Kanye West has no fear, zero, zero fear. He goes out on stage. He goes out in front of people. He'll rap in front of anyone. He puts his tape on. He thinks, you know, hey, listen, this is my song. This is my music. This is my lyrics. And I know you're going to love it. Just sit down and relax and enjoy the show. It really is, like I said, amazing. You got to take those concepts. You apply them to your life. Because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will. No one else will. The second thing that I noticed and I realized... He didn't have a girlfriend except towards the end when you see that he's married to Kim Kardashian before that this guy is grinding. there's zero distractions it's all business it's all business because when you're trying to achieve your dreams you can easily get distracted by what vagina by a guy if you're a girl and you're listening to this same thing once you're in a relationship things change you start making sacrifices for the girl for the guy this guy Kanye West Zero sacrifices other than himself to be successful. That's it. It really is something else. You know, one of the things here moving on that, you know, during the week that just happened when you really sit there and say, wow, this guy is a powerful person. You know, did you hear what happened with Elon Musk with Twitter? We were talking about censorship before. Well, Elon Musk, you know, one of the things that he loves the most was the Babylon Bee. Right. And that is like this satire website that got censored off of Twitter because they didn't like it's all and it's satire. It's not even true with it. You know, it is hidden truth, but it's all satire. It's all comedy. And what did Twitter do to the Babylon Bee? They censored them and they took them off. They canceled them off of Twitter. So Elon Musk writes this survey. Right. And he asks his followers and has like 70 million followers on Twitter. Do you think that Twitter censors? Do you, do, you, do you agree with their censorship? Do they censor people, you know, unwarrantly? I don't even know if that's a word, who knows? Whatever, could have made it up, we're gonna move on. But do they do so properly? 70% said they censor people when they shouldn't. And what does he then turn around and do? He spends $3 billion of his wealth and buys a 10% stake into Twitter. He's now on the board of electors. And you know when he's doing it now, the Democrats, think, go bananas, they can't handle this. And the first thing you think to yourself, is Donald Trump gonna be back on Twitter? Who knows? But the fact that he even had to do that, the fact that Twitter is even doing that, these oligarchs, makes you realize, wow, what is going on here in this country? Here, I wanna play this clip for you. This is the CEO, Parag Aguel, okay, of Twitter. And again, this is one of the reasons why Elon Musk spent three billion dollars. Listen to what he says here in an interview, the CEO of Twitter about the First Amendment. Now, I just want to give you a little background of this CEO. He's not an American citizen. He may have his American citizenship now, but he wasn't born in America. He didn't go to college in America. He's from India. So here we are. We have now a CEO of one of the biggest conglomerates in the United States, in the world. We're all uh, a site where everyone, every political person, you name it, is on Twitter saying what they want, propaganda through the roof. And here is this guy, okay? And again, this is a public square, basically, Twitter. Here he is talking about the First Amendment. And what does he say? We don't care about it. Here, watch.
1: Our role is not to be bound by the First Amendment, but our role is to serve a health, healthy public conversation. And our move, moves are reflective of things that we believe lead to a healthier public conversation. The kinds of things that we, we do to work about this is to focus less on thinking about free speech, but thinking about how the times have changed. One of the changes today that we see is speech is easy on the internet. Most people can speak where our role is particularly emphasized is who can be heard.
0: So basically, what he's saying is, if we don't like what you're saying, and you're not saying what we like, well, we're going to cancel you. And again, that's why this this country is crumbling, crumbling. Here's Jon Stewart. Did you see this? This happened over the week past week. Here's Jon Stewart, who I thought was at one point funny, but now he's just totally bought into the whole woke mob certain situation. Listen to what he says about America and how racist America is here. Watch. For however sincerely we want to reckon and listen, the truth
1: is America has always prioritized white comfort over black survival. Black people have had to fight so hard for equality that they've been irreparably set back in the pursuit of equity. And any real attempt to uh, rep... Repair a ton of that damage. Reparation. (laughs) Sets off white people's they're coming for our shit alarm.
0: Well, if you really think about this, right, let's just take this in perspective of what he's saying. Why would any white person in today's world, in this country, want or feel obligated to pay reparations when they never did any harm to why the reparations are going to be in existence to begin with. It makes no sense. My ancestors, they weren't even born here. My ancestors are from Europe. So why, as a white person, would I have to pay reparations? It makes no sense. And the fact that he's even saying that, all that's doing is just making this country more divisive, in my opinion. I think he's a total buffoon, and now I have no respect for him. So what does he do then? He puts on this author... His name is Andrew Sullivan, right? He's an author who thought they were going to come on and just talk about race in America in general. And this author, after the interview is over, you know, thought that he was ambushed by Jon Stewart. Watch this exchange here about Jon Stewart with Andrew Sullivan and this other female there who is totally triggered and woke. Right now, remind you, this is all everybody that is talking and that is in this forum here. They're all white. They're talking about how bad white people are and how bad they are to black people. White people This is all white people talking it really is something else you watch. I think the conversation is then this. We have an awful history. It's it's
1: remnants are still. You also have today. a great history, John. Say it again. We also have a great history. But I think you're minimizing it. You're suggesting that because of... I think, by like calling yeah. today white supremacy, you are minimizing actual white supremacy. We have an incredible diversity to condemn all American history not, as racist... I disagree but that they're generalizing all white people. This, right. this anti-white extremism yes. is losing popular support is, is creating a backlash, is gonna elect Republicans and yeah. undo a lot of the good you think you're doing. This is what Second, happens when you
0: don't talk reform. about it. Right. This even is what happens it, when, when white yeah. people don't talk about it, is you have racist dog whistle tropes like this yeah. that actually perpetuate,
1: perpetuate yeah. and perpetuate and you know,
0: perpetuate. You sit there and you say, what is this lady even talking about? Because if you think about it, it's really Democrats that just totally treat black people like shit. Right? Democrats. They seceded from the Union. They had the Confederate army because they wanted to keep slavery. They wanted to have blacks as slaves and do all of their work for them for no money at all. Torture them. Whip them. Then after that, they had what? The Jim Crow laws. That was Democrats, too. The people in charge were former Confederate soldiers. It, with the Jim Crow laws. Then you have the KKK, which was invented by and created by the Democratic Party. What, do we, what are we talking about here? It's the Democrats. The Democrats just use whatever race they want. They use blacks, that's what they do. They use the LGBTQ community. They make them think that they're inferior to everyone else. So now, and then they start doing all of these laws say to LGBTQ or the transgender, or again, minority people like blacks, like Hispanics and make them think, oh my God, we are inferior. We need the white Democratic Party to help us get through this because those Republicans, they are the devil when it's actually the opposite. The propaganda machine by the Democratic Party is just unbelievable and it's actually sad. It really is because there's a lot of great Democrats and there's a lot of great Republicans. There's a lot of great white people and there's a lot of great blacks. Hispanics, everyone. But what the Democratic Party does is they they centralize everything and they lie about everything. I'm gonna give you an example here. I watched this, this was a interview I watched on Tucker Carlson and his man name is Vince Everett Ellison. I never met him before. And I watched this interview on the plane to Alabama. I've watched it now two times, that's how great it's. It's over an hour, but I'm gonna play a clip for you. Listen to what he says about the Democratic Party and how they used George Floyd as a as a weapon, so that they could win over votes, black votes, of course, because it was an election year. Listen to what he says. This man is so highly intelligent. I really, I really suggest that you watch this interview. It's on Tucker Carlson today. He does those interviews, I believe, on Mondays, Wednesdays, and on thir- um, Fridays. You have to get the app, the Fox. Uh, Fox News app to watch it it is absolutely worth every moment of your time listening to this man speak again this is Vince Everett Ellison here we go
1: yeah, I, was, I checked before I came into here came in today to see if, they, if Eric Schoen was charged with a hate crime I want to be sure and he's not now why is that important they could not prove even though this man should rot in jail forever they could not prove that what he did to George Floyd was racist. But they set this country on fire with that lie. For a whole year people fighting, burning. I don't know how many people got died in those riots. Why? Because they needed to win an election and they needed to convince
0: black people that they were inferior and they needed to make white people live in condemnation. He speaks like that for an hour straight. Tucker Carlson does an excellent job too because he just allows this man to speak just throws him up, you know, things, some pointers and this and that. But this man speaks almost for an hour straight and it is unbelievable, highly intelligent. I'd vote for this man if he wanted to become president of the United States, to be honest with you. That's how great he is. Again, Vince Everett Ellison. Now we were talking about how, you know, what they do to blacks. And then we were talking about also how Democrats, what they do to the LGBTQ community. Here, watch this. This is so ridiculous and how this goes into play here. And this is another reason why this country's failing. This was, I believe, this was on Fox News. California City to give universal income to transgenders, non-binary residents, regardless of earnings. You're like, wait, what? California City is planning to give universal basic income to transgender and non-binary residents. The plan, Palm Springs, California uh, residents are eligible. Now they have to be transgender. To receive up to $900 a month solely for identifying as transgender with zero strings attached. The new pilot program will have $200,000 set aside for allocation after unanimous vote by the Palm Springs City Council last week. So if you're transgender, you will automatically get $900 a month. Just for saying that you're non-binary transgender, whatever it is, that is racist. That should not be allowed. What's the difference if I said, all you have to do is identify being white and you'll get $900. All you have to do is identify as being Hispanic. You'll get $900. There's no difference in any of that. And yet, California is doing it. And why are they doing it? Because they want to keep the LGBTQ vote. So we'll help you out. And who's paying for it? You are, and I am. This country's ridiculous, it really is. It really is something. Here's something else that I I could not believe, and I actually felt bad when I watched this video here. So of course, the Democratic Party knows that Joe Biden is failing, his polls are failing, right? So what do they do? They call in Obama to come in and save the day. But watch this. It's actually sad, you know, we're Americans. I don't care if it's a Democrat president. I don't care if it's a Republican president. I want to vote. I'm not vote. I want to root for America. I want to see whoever is our president be the best and represent this country. But watch this yesterday. This is Joe Biden walking around during this event where Obama is, and you'll see Obama. He's clueless. And here's another thing. No one wants to talk to him. Watch. I mean, he's literally walking around like he's clueless. And he's not, that's the president of the United States, somebody wants to talk to him and they're all talking to Obama. It makes you sit there and think to yourself, is there a reason why Joe Biden, when he was losing during the primaries, that all of a sudden, when you thought that Bernie Sanders was gonna win the Democratic ticket, that all of a sudden they said, you know what, let's just use Joe Biden because we could use him as basically a puppet and Obama could call all the shots. Seeing what you saw there makes you almost think that. And if you didn't think that video, did any justice to my theory. Watch this one. It's terrible. Call him Barack. Barack is put his hands. Nobody's talking to him, everybody's talking to Obama Really is it's a sad state of affairs. All right, so listen, what do we have here? April sixth. So if you get a chance, go to our YouTube channel, subscribe, share the show. It's also be on Rumble as well. You can listen to the audio version on all of the streaming services, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music. So you can listen to the show there as well. And if you want to be a guest on the show, and want to be interviewed like how we have our interviews? You want to be here in studio? You can email us or email me, Joe at joecozoshow.com. I'll get right back to you. We'll set it up. We'll have some fun here. And uh, if you have some funny videos or crazy videos that you want to send, especially on TikTok, because we'll do some of those too. If you have any of those, send them my way. I'll play for. I'll play them on the show. And again, you know, let's start having some fun here because we have one life. That's it, now let's make the most of it. All right, April 6th, in the books, I'm out.
1: Peace. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, but that wraps it up for another edition of the Joe Cozo Show. <laughs>